No country has ever prospered that failed to put its own interests first. We will no longer surrender this country or its people to the false song of globalism. New Right Network presents Right Now, the featured podcast of New Right Network. Mobilizing, countering the left, energizing the right. New Right Network, home of the New Right Movement. Welcome to Right Now, the official podcast of the New Right Network. I'm Rose Taylor, Senior Editor with New Right Network, and with me today is Steve Mudflat McGrew. Steve Mudflat McGrew is a conservative comedian who prides himself on being an equal opportunity offender comedian. He will make jokes about anything and everything. Glad to have you here today, Steve. How are you doing? Great. Uh, Thanks for having me here, Rose. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for joining us. I'm excited to talk to you today. This is, I got y'all's message about the interview and I was like, sweet, let's do this. <laughs> um, well, I'm really glad that you decided to join us. Uh, I've been looking a, a little bit at your stuff. Uh, you seem like a pretty funny guy. Um, if you don't mind, would you take a minute and just tell us a little bit about, a little bit more about who you are? Well, to, to back up, I, uh, I was originally, I started out as a, a cartoonist for the Houston newspaper and that moved me into doing stand-up. And then uh, I've done stand-up most of my life. I mean, everywhere I've had Comedy Central specials. I've done six albums. Uh, actually, working on a new album right now. But when uh, when Trump was running for president, I I really got more on board of the political kind of of stuff because I just saw what a mess we had become. <laughs> and it was really nice to see Trump open people's eyes about things because I've been saying some of the same stuff for like 20 years. Like, like I did an album several years ago that was kind of like, see, I've been saying this. I've been. <laughs> and, and so I, I started doing the, the character videos because I I'd had some acting background. And, and so I just started creating these different characters for the Internet. And uh, a couple of them have really caught on. Yeah, I saw on your Facebook page, it said that you've opened concerts for several uh, artists. Uh, see Dolly Parton, Tanya Tucker, Winona Judd. I'm from Georgia, so I'm a down home Southern girl. I like I like those people. <laughs> they are they are super people. I uh, I was Dolly Parton's opening act for a while. Uh, we I toured with the band, and I would open the show, and then I'd come back later in the show, and I I would play Elvis and sing with Dolly. That is amazing. So you're you're a musical artist too, then. A little bit of everything. As my father used to call me, you know, that, that jack of all trades, uh-huh. master of none or whatever. The- <laughs> I say the same thing about myself. That's great. Um, yeah, so that's, I'm really excited to talk to you uh, about all of that today. Uh, so you are, are making another album, you said? So another music album? No, it's a it's comedy album. Oh, stand-up, okay. Stand-up. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've done, that's all the albums that I've done. It's been, it's been comedy albums. Okay, that's awesome. Um, so let's see what you, you, you call yourself a conservative comedian, right? Right. So could you tell us what's the hardest thing about being a comedian, a conservative comedian, um, especially in a, an age where a lot of comedians are, are super liberal and, um, you don't, you don't get a lot of real awesome conservative comedians anymore. Well, that's, that's true. And it's, there, there are a lot of awesome uh, conservative com- comedians. The, uh, it's the, the industry that just tries to hold them down 
and tell everybody, look, there's just not any funny conservative comics when the when the it's the public knows better. That's what angers a lot of people. You know, they want to see more of that, but they're told they're just not there. And that's not true. And uh, I went out on tour earlier this year with a group called the Deplorables. And we did we did stand up in Nashville and uh, uh, several other big cities. I'm trying to think right off the name the top but we're gonna we're gonna go out go out again because the response was so good that's amazing the the, the um space for conservative com uh comedy is a seems like a very tough space um you have people like um you know roseanne who make an off-color joke and almost you know ruin a career over it so right right and then you can and then you can see the uh the, the other side of that coin where the left can do the same thing right. by calling somebody the, you know, a C word and mm. they're not chastised at all. Their show isn't even taken off the air that one night. Right. Right. There seems to be, there seems to be a double standard with no consequences. You know, c comedy is, is supposed to be offensive and, uh, you know, push the, the line of yeah. what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. But when you're conservative, that line seems to be moved farther back. Right. No, and, and I agree that comedy is supposed to be uh, uh, offensive. And I, and I don't mean offensive in a way that it has to be blue all the time. But right. I, I, tell, I tell people that, that comedy has a punchline. And a punchline has to take the punch. That's the victim. So you are making fun of something constantly. And, and this new liberal kind of don't hurt anybody's feelings, you can't make fun of anything or anybody or, you know, you're the evil white patriarch. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so on the flip side, we talked about what's the, the hardest part of being a conservative comedian. What would you say would be the most rewarding part of being a conservative comedian? Uh, that you actually see people agreeing with you. I mean, there's nothing, but it's kind of like when a musician writes a song that everybody loves. You're like, yeah. <laughs> so it's the same, same kind of like, yes, people do agree. Yes, there's still some of us out there. Yes, we still, you know, have not lost control of this world yet. Right. It is. It's nice to, to know, to get that validation that there are still people out there who haven't gone so radically far, you know, to the other side and they agree and they, they enjoy, you know, the conservatism and um, the co comedic relief and all of that. Right. And, and I'm sure you kind of feel the same way, don't you, as a, as a uh, uh, journalist or a broadcast person that you, you got in it for the same type of reason that you, you wanted to, people to feel the same way you did, right? Exactly. You're, you're exactly right. Um, especially here on New Right Network, we're, you know, a, a big group of volunteer people who just wanted to have a, their voices heard. Um, you know, I was just talking with someone this morning about how, um, and maybe you, you can tell me if you agree, uh, that I don't think that the majority of this country feels the way that the liberals feel. They just speak the loudest and get the most airtime. Exactly. And, the, and Trump is right about, you know, uh, fake news because that's been pushed at us for so long. We didn't realize that we were lied to. I mean, a lot of us did. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like when I did an album several years ago, there we saw it and couldn't get people to wake up. You know what I mean? It was almost like you, you were walking among these, the zombies that just like, you know, I don't think you're, that's, I, I got it on the news. It has to be true. I saw it on the internet. It must be right. Right. You know, that kind of thing. 
right? And it's really been refreshing, uh, you know, having someone in office like Donald Trump, who is not your typical, um, you know, Republican politician who's going to go in there and yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, and, uh, you know, yes, sir, no, sir, and just do what is expected of them and not push back. He pushes the, the envelope very far, which has, I feel, allowed people like you and um, other uh, conservative outlets, uh, journalists and the such to uh, finally take a step forward and be like, hey, wait a minute, this is not how we feel. You know, there are still many Americans, I would say the majority of Americans who feel this other way. Yeah. Well, you know, not to get too, too, well, I guess we can, this is more of a political thing, but, but, you know, like HR departments and, and companies, I think has been one of the, the worst thing that's ever, ever happened. I mean, I know you need to keep track of things, but if somebody can just say, I'm offended and you're written up or I'm offended and you can lose your job, that, that made people be quiet and not be honest. Right. You know, if, if somebody wants to throw a, a, a a gay pride party you can either attend or not or you can say i don't like it but then you're, you're in trouble well oh we, well we have a, a hater over here in cubicle six you right know what I mean? right yeah this, this, this ironic um i was having like i said i was having a conversation earlier and we were touching on some of these uh these topics that you and i are talking about here and how everything how everybody has become so offended by everything and what is ironic to me is that we um, as conservatives can't be offended by things. Otherwise we get labeled as, like you said, a homophobic, racist, misogynist, anything, just because we, we might not like something or we don't want to attend it. Or we were like, eh, no, not for me. Move on. Yeah. Uh, not for me. And it doesn't mean you hate it. You just, right. like, this is not for me. Like I, I, I have several, especially in this industry. And this is goes, this is going to sound like one of those typical cliche. I've got lots of gay friends, right? I've got lots of black <laughs> friends. You know how that goes. But that's true. I mean, we, we're we all friends. And it doesn't right. mean we have to agree about everything. That's the thing that's, that's changed. We, you, you don't have to agree anymore. They want us to think alike and act alike and walk alike. They want us to be those, what, what are those, uh, those characters from the video games? I keep seeing the memes about, you know, the, the, the nonspecific characters. Yeah, you know. the avatars. <laughs> right. You're just supposed to just agree and be, yes, thank you. I will take that money and go back to my cubicle. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, it's not equality. It's conformity. Right. Exactly. So it's really, it's really awesome to, you know, have, uh, you know, you in this space because you can push the envelope as a comedian. You can say what everyone's thinking and afraid to say and start opening up that conversation uh, for people to be like, you know what, we don't have to be quiet. We don't have to sit back and accept things. And being a comedian specifically, because it's expected, you know, and accepted as a comedian <laughs> to push the envelope and to, you know, push beyond the boundaries of what people would, would say out loud. I feel like it's a really, really great um, space for you to be in and be a conservative and help, you know, push out the conservative voice. Well, what, one of the things that I love is after a show to have people come up and say, thank you. They will actually come up and go, thank you. I'm so glad to hear somebody say that, or, or thank you that, that reinforced what I've been telling my wife or, you know, like that kind of thing. It's, that's very refreshing. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, so real, I, I wanted to ask you, um, what is your favorite joke to tell if you wouldn't mind sharing with us on the air? Well, I, I tell a lot of, uh, of stories. My, my, my bits are like, you know, long, longer stories. Uh -huh. But, but um, 
one of one of my favorite things to, that I've been doing lately is about uh, kids with cell phones. That it annoys me to see a child with a cell phone because I, I didn't have a cell phone. Most people didn't have a cell phone, and when I hear somebody justify it by going, well, I need to know where they are. And I'm like, be a parent, tell them where to be. And the audience will go crazy because it's like telling people that's right. Just be a parent. You don't have to have a gadget to raise your child. Right. No, um, I, I, I see both sides of the spectrum because my kids, my kids have cell phones. <laughs> well, so, but, 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 but you, you probably are giving them that because you know, that they're trustworthy. Like, I yeah. don't think a lot of parents do it because they just give them to them and then they can't understand how they got in trouble or they were sexting somebody in class. Right. Because you give them a cell phone, you give them a door to the adult world of the internet. Right. And that is very true. There's a lot of desensitizing that has happened with kids these days. And, you know, a lot of uh, things have changed. I, I, I know whenever I was a kid, I didn't have a cell phone either. I didn't have a cell phone until I was almost out of high school. Yeah. <laughs> And I had to get it. I had to get it myself and pay for it myself. See, there you go. And that's why you are where you are in this position today. You realize the value of those things. Right. Right. Well, um, where can we uh, listen to you more? I know you said you're going to be going on tour, um, and you're you said you're working on another album. Is there other places where people can listen to you as well? Well, I'm all over the internet. Uh, I've got my, my website, I mean, uh, uh, sorry, Facebook and Twitter, which is like Steve McGrew or Steve Mudflat McGrew, depending which one you do. But my big character that was the breakout is Liberal Larry. I don't know if you've seen any of the videos for Liberal Larry. It's where I, I try to do these where it's the typical, stereotypical liberal where he says the dumbest things possible. <laughs> and it's uh, a people really seem to like that because it – they, they watch it and they can't figure out if it's real or not. Right. So the comments are the most fun to, to read because they think he's real, but the conservative people who follow me go, I love reading the comments because the stupid people are agreeing with you. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. I actually haven't seen that. I'm going to have to check that out um, when yeah. we get off of here. Um, yeah. Liberal Larry and Tucker the Trucker. That, there's the other one I do called Tucker the Trucker, which is the, the polar opposite of Larry, where he's just the... Uh, you know, back, well, I'll say balls to the wall kind of redneck <laughs> truck driver where he says all the wrong things. Right. <laughs> uh, oh, that's great. Um, so can I ask you where the mud flat came from? That was my uh, radio DJ name. I, I was, I did morning radio here in Denver for several years. I, I won three CMA awards, country music awards, uh, got a Marconi for best radio personality. And uh, that was my, it was Kelly Jonathan and Mudflat was the name of the show. Oh, okay. I was wondering where the Mudflat mud flat came from, but it does make you recognizable. <laughs> yeah, a lot more people can remember the name Mudflat over Steve. Right. And there's there's only uh, one Mudflat that I know of, but I know many Steves. <laughs> See? <laughs> <laughs> so that's really great. Um, so before we get off of here today, is there is there anything else that you'd like to, uh, to add or, or just to, to tell our, our viewers um about anything well i i just want people to stay strong I, I think people start to get weary i've talked to several people that are trump supporters and have been trump supporters but they're getting tired of fighting they're tired of arguing they're tired of seeing you know the the battle on tv every night 
And I just think you have to stay with it. I mean, it's, it almost is a war and you can't give up. Absolutely. It's definitely a war and we may have won some battles, but there's, the war is not over. <laughs> exactly. And I, 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 I have no people that are, they tell me, they go, I was such a Fox News fan, but now I'm turning it off because I just, I can't take it anymore. Yeah. And, and I go, well, you can't just give up. I mean, switch to something, listen, listen to this program, listen to some other uh, uh, conservative programming. Don't just throw up your hands and go, I'm done. I can't listen anymore. I agree. What would you say going into to the election? I think the Trump election kicks off today down in Orlando. So things are starting to, to get into full uh, gear and here in the next, you know, um, six months or so, it's going to be election year. What would right. you say would be the most important thing for people to remember going into election year? And what can they do to find that voice? Like you, you have the voice with the, the comedy and we have the voice here with New Right Network. What advice would you give them to make a difference? I would say just to keep focus on how everything did get better. The economy is better. Uh, you know, jobs are better. Minority unemployment, highest unemployment ever. Just stay positive and don't pay any attention to what the left is saying about about it's it's all attack. You know, that's all attack, and they're they're not giving any credit to what's happening. And America really is great again. Absolutely. So we focus on keeping America great now. Exactly, keeping America. That's a great slogan. Keep America great. Yep. It is. Uh, I do I agree with you too. People, people get tired and it's been, it's been a, you know, long three or four, you know, years here where we've been, you know, even before the election and during the primaries and stuff to 2016 and all that. It's exhausting with all the fighting and it's just, you know, the liberals are, are not giving up and they, you know, they go on and they make big noise and it's exhausting to, to feel like we're fighting a losing battle, but uh, good to remind people of all the positive things and the wins that we've had and the things that are to come if we just stay strong and don't give up. Right. And, and, and I like to tell people, remember, we're the, we're the sane party. The, the conservatives are, we're, we're mostly sane people. If you right. look at the, the other side, I mean, there are some nuts. I mean, seriously, it's almost like the, the Democratic Party has, has drawn every mental patient to, to that side of the party. I mean, you listen to them speak. They're, they don't make sense. They just demand things. They're, it's name calling. It's, you know, it's the, the communism side of it. How are you supposed to get the money to pay for this? I have no idea, but we're going to do it. You know what right. I mean? It's like, it's like how, are, how are people still even paying any attention to that? It's almost like having a kid in school that's, you know, you've got that one guy that disrupts the classroom, that one person. And you're like, can we just get rid of that? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, uh, also, you know, I was uh, mentioning to someone this morning, you know, the left has done such a good job of brainwashing their base. Uh, you have, you know, feminists that support policies that, um, you know, would hurt them or, you know, migration of people from countries that want to kill them. You know, the same thing with the LGBT community, you know, and then the African-American community. All of these communities have listened so, for so long to the, to the left and the policies and the people and the plans that they support are all stuff that's working against them. It's insane. Yeah, they're they're yeah. We need we need to bring in more people to throw us off the roof. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and um, I, I I was talking to another uh, a friend of mine the other day who you know here we go a gay friend who he did he did tell me that he goes you know 
the thing has gotten out of hand when you s start supporting uh, perversion and not preference. Right. Like it used to just be, you know, you were gay. That's your. That's who you. Uh, who you are. But now, when you're like, hey, nine-year-old boys should be able to dress and drag. You're yes. Like, hold, hold on now. You're setting the us back. Exactly. Now, speaking of that, did you hear about the um, the straight pride that they're trying to put on? I think it's in Boston. Yeah, it's in Boston. I actually I tweeted out about that. I was like, sign me up. Oh, right. Yeah. And the, the uh, left and the liberals are going absolutely crazy about it. But here we come back with the hypocrisy like that we have between the conservative comedians and the liberal comedians. And now we have it with the conservative side versus the liberal side here. It's okay to have a gay pride parade where the things that you just mentioned were occurring. But for some reason, it's absolutely horrible to even conceive of the idea of having a white, white pride parade. Right. Well, white, here's not white. I, straight. <laughs> I, I do this bit every once in a while. I, I started bringing it back. I do it more. It's about gay pride parades and uh -huh. how they, how that's like, you know, nobody would care. Nobody would care at all if it was thousands of men and women, you know, and just, just holding hands and saying, you know, love everybody. Right. But when you, but when you've got a, a, a 15 foot penis costume and a, a six foot drag queen and a butterfly costume screaming, you know, we're just like you. <laughs> You're like, well, no, I don't have a sparkler hanging out of my ass, Papillon. <laughs> uh, point well made. That's funny. <laughs> do, do, do you see what I'm saying? I mean, like nobody would care if you were, it's, it's, it's taking it to a different level these days. It's not about I'm gay and accept me. It's like, you were doing some of the freakiest crap in the world in the streets and kids and it's on the news and we're supposed to just be totally okay. I'm okay that you're gay. I'm okay that that's, you're a human. And, I, but I'm not okay that you're trying to make perversion a normalcy. Right. What you do in your bedroom behind closed doors is your business. But when yeah, you start I mean, if, on the street I, in front of children, it's a problem. Right. I've even said, I go, hey, if you want to be naked, buttered up with cowboy boots chasing each other around the room, that actually sounds fun to me, too. <laughs> I just won't be doing it on the street. Right. Right. Exactly. Yes. And it's, there's just, there's one, you know, pushing the envelope one way, but pushing the envelope that way is just, it's too far. It's too much. It's too much. And I think a lot of people went, hold on. No, nope, I'm not taking this anymore. I'm just not. I, I really, uh, I really hope that people, you know, will keep pushing forward and keep fighting back, not just, you know, against perversion in the streets, but, uh, uh, well, that's a big one, but against, you know, all of these things that people are trying to normalize and make, you know, make acceptable and normal. And, um, you know, like I was saying before, I think that there was a, a period of time, um, you know, Republican, Republican politicians didn't help this, where it was just be quiet, keep your mouth shut, keep your eyes down and don't say anything because you might be called a name. And right. Well, that's that's what they did for so long. They, yes. they would they would just label you. I, it hurt my career. I, I actually got in trouble back in the 90s. I was I was never uh, a liberal. I have never been. A, I've always been a conservative. So I, I was doing Clinton jokes back in the 90s because I didn't like Clinton. Right. And it it cost me um, cost me work it, with HBO. I was up for an HBO special. And they they actually didn't want to give me a this is a quote a platform for my hate speech because oh my gosh. yeah but and I and I wasn't doing anything other than making fun of Clinton and saying you know uh, I was talking about the the Monica Lewinsky thing because I don't know how far you guys take it on the on the podcast here but I was just talking about 
you know, those subjects and how, hey, Clinton couldn't get one at home. Well, neither can I, but I, you know, is that kind of, that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, you're free to say whatever it was you were going to say. We're good. You know, you know what I mean? It's like that, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, it's like, so it, it was, it, they just, oh, if you're not towing the line in Hollywood, you are not one of us. Right. You know, if you don't say Clinton, because I, I was like, hey, he lied to the public. What does that say to our children? That's right. one thing. I go, there's people in jail for perjury. So why is it he in jail as a, as a, uh, to show our kids, this is not what you do. Well, the economy is so good. I mean, I, these are the conversations I was having with agents and managers at the time. Well, the economy is so good. People just don't care. Well, they're supposed to care. You see, that make me angry and angrier. And that fuel my conservative rage on stage, right. which hurt me even more, you know? <laughs> well, um, I'm glad that you stuck stuck by it and kept pushing forward, um, you know, even though you got pushed back, um, because now look where you are now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I I always I, I I was raised in a home where you're always supposed to do right and wrong, and 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 my when I was little, my dad raised cattle, so I, I grew up on a I really grew up around a farm people, and it was ra I was raised that your word is the only thing that you have. Like right. you know, always be honest. If you say you're going to do something, stick to it. Um, if, if you waver, then people can't trust you. So if this is what you believe, stick to it. Absolutely. I agree. That's a, that's a very good standard to live by. And, um, I think a lot of us were raised that way. And unfortunately there's a generation right now that has, was not raised that way. Um, you know, and maybe from the way that they are now, the generation behind them and their parents might See the mistakes of their predecessors and hopefully we can we can change that and raise up a new generation that has well, those same standards and values i i'm hoping and, and i've talked to some of my friends about this and i to, to maybe change the course of things I, i'm i'm not against the possibility of like a mandatory two-year military like like israel does right you know just just to help kids kind of figure out right and wrong and and uh you know, leadership. And because I see so many like now that will just quit a job because they were told to do something. Like, well, well I don't want to do it. So I'm not working there. Right. Well, it's that, petition, that doesn't help you in life. Generation. I'm sorry, what was that? It's the participation trophy generation. Yes. Yes. Like I have, I have a couple of friends that run restaurants and, and they, they tell me that this younger generation is really hard uh, because if they don't want to come to work, they just won't come. And right. you go, you know, when I've got a restaurant to run and a waiter doesn't show up because it was a concert they wanted to go to. Because, you know, there's this, this attitude is, is not helpful at all in the business world. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's kind of scary to know that, you know, the older that those, those, that generation gets the different leadership positions that they possibly could be in. But uh, we're just gonna have to go to get get through it, I guess. <laughs> I, I I love I love what you just did. That 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 ah, you realize like oh this is not good. <laughs> yes, yeah, not. You're really good. Good. I, oh yeah, we gotta fix this. <laughs> <sighs> well, Steve, um, it was good having you on here today. Maybe we can get you to come back and talk to us a little bit more. Um, oh, I would I would love to. Uh, because I do a podcast myself called uh, Remasculate. Okay. And and uh, so I'm, I'm always up for anything to get the word out or the message out. 
Okay. All right. Well, let's let's talk about getting you on here again. Um, let's see. Thank you for joining us today on the New Right official podcast of the of New Right Network. You can follow us on social media at New Right Network on Twitter, Facebook, and most every other platform. Um, and Steve, what's your what's your handle to, for people to follow you on social media? Um, I'm uh, on Twitter. Well, I got banned. Let me back this up. I got I had 113,000 followers, and Twitter killed my account for something uh, that I said. So I, I've started over and I'm at G-R-E-W-T-H-E. So it's grew the, it's the only thing I could get that was close to my name, but I'm, I'm building back up on that. And then they could find me on Facebook at uh, Steve McGrew or Steve Mudflat McGrew. I have two, two accounts on Facebook. All right, everybody, you heard that. Let's fight back against uh, censorship and let's go follow Steve on Twitter and help him build his account back up. That was at Groovy. Yes, thank you so much. You are certainly welcome, sir. You've been listening to New Right Network, mobilizing, countering, energizing. Online at newrightnetwork.com.